0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: It's Mark Bowen here, um, player, coach, uh, sporting director, manager. (laughs)
0: So thank you for taking the time to chat to us today. You've had a fantastic career as a player and a coach for numerous different clubs. Uh, but what I really want to talk to you about was your time at Reading, which we spoke about a lot here on the second tier. So you joined the club as a technical consultant in 2019. How about you start off by telling us what that role entails?
1: Yeah, it, it came about out of the blue, really. It was uh, an, an agent who was, uh, who's, who was and still is very close with, with the, the Chinese owner. Um, Jose Gomez was the manager there at the club, at Reading at the time. And uh, I guess there was a, a bit of worry there. The, the form of the team hadn't been wet, uh, that great, if you like. There was about, oh, let's say, top of my head, I think it was about eight or nine, ten games left of that season, uh, the season before last. And they were hovering around the relegation zone. And there was a concern, or it was put to me that it was a concern that maybe uh, <clears throat> in the running that uh, Jose maybe, needed a little bit of help maybe on the training ground or in preparation for games in terms of, you know, knowing the league and whatever. So I was concerned at the time. Like he said, look, you know, I've, I've worked for the last 20 years in the Premier League and I didn't really want to go in as, an uh, let's say, an assistant manager to, to a, a coach uh, at the bottom end of the championship. But uh, it was sort of put to me in a different way where they sort of said, well, look, we don't really want you to go in as assistant manager. We want you to go in as a technical advisor, you know, have a look at what's happening in the training ground, and if if you know if you can add some um, some something to it. <clears throat> so I I said to them, well, I'm happy to do that, but obviously it's got to be um, with the the willingness, if you like, of Jose Gomez. And uh, in fairness to Jose, I mean, I know him very well. He's uh, he's a really good guy, and um, he made me welcome. I went into the place, and um, yeah, had a really good relationship with him my my job at the time really was just to you know i i didn't i didn't take any training sessions, but i observed what was going on we talked talked with josie daily before and after sessions what i thought could be added how it went and in terms of the opposition the best way to approach those games and um yeah we with the the finished the season off well we avoided uh, relegation and um and that that was that now I, I i basically had other plans at the you know at the end of the se- that season um but i was asked during that time by, by the owner and his representatives to sort of put together a let's say um a profile of the club and how i felt the club could uh move forward in the right ways because i mean they, they, they'd been sort of in the bottom four of the league the last two or three years before that so clearly something wasn't right and you know i, I basically went back to the owners and amongst other things i sort of said well look i i think the club could do with um maybe a, a, a sport director, a, foot, a director of football, somebody who knows what basically an elite environment looks like. You know, they're very, very good people working at the club, very conscientious people working at the club and uh, good people working at the club. But there was a lot of things on the place where I just needed, rather than put any detail on it this time, just more, if you like, um, just tidying up and more expertise on the place to make it in you know, an elite environment. So... I left him with that report and, and was, you know, looking to sort of go on to my other plans that I had. They came back to me within about two or three weeks and said, look, uh, take things on board. Would you like to go in or would you, you know, as, as a sport director, director of football? It was a new thing to me at that time because obviously my, my whole career has been as a coach for the last 20 years and I enjoy being on the training ground with uh, with players and that side of things. So, Took me a little while, but I thought, well, okay, let, let's have a look at it, how, how it's going to go. And, and uh, after a few meetings with them, that's what I decided to do. So I basically started the, the, the next season then. Um, in the, it, although it wasn't actually, the, the actual title wasn't, wasn't confirmed until probably, I think it was the September time, maybe. But certainly from uh, the pre season onwards, I went in there as the sporting director. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Jose Gomez, what were your honest opinions of
1: him? As a manager um good manager um he had really good communication with his players um i think where jose was was very unlucky because because the situation of the club and it, i don't think it's changed much to be fair but there was a lot of um a lot of problems with the financial fair play at the time and i know sort of talk about being thrown in the deep end when i went in as the sport director it was you know you're putting out fires every day with with players and contracts and players and Maybe there was a an overload in the squad. Players that Josie didn't want, and I was going to, you know, a strong remit to try and get them out on loan or out of the club the best way I could, um, which had its own problems as well. But so Josie was trying to work within those constraints, and that, you know, he actually took a squad of players out to Spain for for a pre-season trip. Where, if I remember right, I think he had something like thirteen under twenty-three players. You know, and at the same time genuinely he was he was calling me every day saying mark help you know what the hell's going on the club and the owners i think they they eventually did their best but but the the progression of it was that he he really got his squad together uh, and almost like a week before the season started so it was always going to be tough for him um and then the season started off and and in, in getting there if you like i think they'd They'd won about two games at the first, maybe eleven or twelve. I'm not sure how many it was, and so he, he was. You know, I I think it, it would have turned round. I think it would have got better. But you know, this is football these days. He wasn't really by the owners. He wasn't given the time. So, from what you're saying, do you think he would have
0: been the man to take Reading up to the next level?
1: I th- yeah, I, I think I think he had he had things in place, and he, he had good ideas, and he worked well on the training ground, and he had it wasn't. You know, I think a lot of things when managers leave clubs is this thing about oh he's lost the dressing room and and that sort of raises its ugly head. I I didn't see that as a sport director. You know, and and when when it was sort of put to me initially that you know the the, the owners were thinking about change because they they had here and they still have they got huge ambitions to get to the to the Premier League very quickly if they could. You know, they, in fairness to Mr. Dye, the owner, he, gosh. I think it's even up to now, I think he spent upwards of with the new training and upwards of £150 million, something like that, on, on, on the club. And he was looking for a, a return, you know, which only really comes when you get to the Premier League. So I don't think in that respect he had a lot of patience, I must say. So, you know, but, but yeah, if you're asking me, I, I think I, I wouldn't have doubted that Jose would, would have may, maybe, you know, got things going. But again, in, in football, you don't get that time. Yeah, well, one of the
0: most controversial aspects of Jose Gomez's tenure really was um, how he kind of exiled Chris Gunter, who was quite a long-serving player at the club. What was your take on that?
1: Yeah, there was, um, I think, initially came down to Jose, he, he didn't really like, it's my taking on it, he didn't like working with a big squad of players. So when he went into the club and there was Chris Gunter, there was Gareth McCleary, there was Sam Baldock, there was there was a uh, four or five or six players you know that, that had been in and around the first team that he had, had decided, which okay is the manager's prerogative. He decided that um, he didn't really want to use them, that he wanted to move on. But these players were all on good contracts; they all had uh, another year, eighteen months to go at the time. Uh, you know, again, going back to my role as right, it's very, very hard then to move them on because naturally they look at what they're earning and the earn, the money that they were earning it was it, it was sort of incomparable to what they were going to get if they went anywhere else, even on loan. So they, those, those players were a little bit disenfranchised with the whole thing and, and weren't prepared to just just to help the club, if you like, to just say, OK, well we'll go somewhere else. They all had families, childrens in school and, and things like this. So, so Jose had made his mind up on it, that he, he wanted to go that way. And then it was almost sort of not pushed onto me, left for me then to sort of, you know, communicate with them, keep them as happy as possible, but they, they weren't you know, making them aware that he, the manager at the time wasn't going to involve them.
0: Just before we move on to you as a manager, um, I wanted to quickly ask you about one of the big signings while Jose Gomez was in charge, and that was uh, Georgie Puskas, who yeah. joined in 2019, and he signed for yeah. a lot of money. I think it was around seven million pounds, wasn't it? Um, he struggled, really, didn't he? Were you involved in the signing, and where do you think it's really gone wrong?
1: Well. If I- yeah, if I say I was involved in the signing, obviously I was the sport director at the time, you know, but uh, the, the owner, uh, again, going back to the money put in, he wanted Robin input on things. Uh, and basically it was put to me that there was, there was this player, young player at, uh, at Inter Milan, who'd done well with uh, Romania's under 21s, I think, and 21s in, in the European Championships, I think it was. And uh, it was, there were clubs. Cardiff were very interested, Birmingham City were very interested in him and because he'd done well in that tournament so it was like well this is the player we're looking at this is a player we want to go and sign and you know we or the associates of the owner will with myself will speak to the agent and basically go and get him so I think in hindsight I think they they didn't do probably enough um, background and homework on the player you know there was uh, again the, the club at the time was going through a situation even with the scouting department they were looking to cut back on things and 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 uh, individuals in the squad department weren't at the training ground because they'd been told to stay away. And it was, so there was a lot of things going on at the club which weren't conducive to it. To as I said, uh, you know, a, a well-run elite football club, if you like. But anyway, along those lines, decision was made to go for George Puskas. George is to me, um, I, I look at him now and I look at him then. He's he's, um, he's a very raw talent. You know, he's, he's still still young. He's is style of play you'd like to think would lend itself to the championship, but he has, as a player, he still has a lot to learn and a lot to improve on. You know, in, in terms of his, his technical ability, hes, he's uh, i wouldn't call him a natural finisher, but he, he's a hungry finisher. You know, at times his decision making isn't fantastic because he's always—he just wants to try and score goals, and maybe his link play and, and his technical build-up play has got to be improved upon. I wouldn't say he can't get there, but. You know, I think in the modern day game, a lot of things revolve around, you know, a lot of formations revolve around maybe a single striker and, you know, the support and, and, and how you involve him in that. And, and I think certainly at the time and even now has been proved that, you know, the other striker I brought in at the time was Lucas Joao, who was a totally different um, player in comparison to George and, and, and far ahead in, 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 in sort of what he can produce for, for the team. So any manager going with with a single striker, then obviously Lucas Joao is going to be the first choice.
0: Well, Gomez was sacked in October 2019 yeah. um, and then you were tasked with finding his replacement and it led to you appointing yourself. <laughs> uh, steady now, knows. now. Or was that not the case?
1: <laughs> no, no, basically the, the story is, is um, and was that, um, again, with 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 the Chinese owner Mr he doesn't he doesn't speak fully uh, fluent English. I right? does not speak any English, so a lot of messages you get in a first, second hand, or whatever. So he was put to me uh, that the the club were thinking of change, seriously thinking of change after the start they'd had. So then I was asked to put with the task of putting together a short list of of potential coaches, managers, candidates. So I'd come up with a list of four or five. Uh, I'd actually spoken to two of them. Um and it was I was getting on with that process, you know, the that get get coming back to them then with you know, this is what I think of this one. Do you want to speak to that one? And you know. So I'd speak, spoken to two of them and um Any names? No, I, I don't think I don't think I'd be doing them justice in saying that, but de- definitely two, yeah. One one of them is actually working in the championship now, has got back in and another one's another one's not. He's doing a lot of uh, media work. But I'd spoken to two of them and, and was in the process of, of trying to get in touch with and, and contacting the other two or three. And then I, I, it was actually something that, that they played. I think they played Bristol City on the Saturday. And i previously booked a trip away with, with, with my wife. Uh, so I wasn't actually being able to go to the game. I uh, actually streamed it online and watched it. But they lost to Bristol City. didn't play particularly well. And that night I had a phone call from representatives of the owners who basically said, well, how are we going with the shortlist? I said, yeah, fine. I said, let me, you know, come in next week and he said, I'll present them to you. And and then I got a phone call about a half an hour after that, which said, right, okay. well, we spoke to the owner and do you want to do the job? So it took me a little bit by surprise or very much by surprise. I said, well, what do you mean do I want to do a job? I'm the sport director. And it was like, <clears throat> well, the owners knows your CV and they said like, well, you take the job. And it was almost like, well, do you want it or not? And I said, well, yeah, of course. Of course I would like the job to be a manager. But yeah, as long as you're happy with that. And they said, yes. So the funny story was that perhaps in my naivety, I was obviously excited and thinking, well, okay. Okay, how's this going to work? So they're mostly going to have to bring a, a sporting director in if I move to being a manager, which by the way, they haven't yet done. But I then, if you like, went back into the, the restaurant where I was actually having dinner with my wife and, you know, telling her about it. And she was, she looked at me and said, well, you do realise you're going to get hammered? And I said, what do you mean? Why, why should I get hammered? What have I done? And they said, yeah, but she said, well, nobody knows that. You're <laughs> going to be, they're going to think that you... And it suddenly dawned on me, I thought, "Craigie, she's right. And that's the way it turned out. I mean, you know... I was, you know, in those sort of moments and days following that, I fully knew what was going to come. But, you know, I'll still say the same thing now. And you know, I'd spent twenty years in in the game, being, if you like, showing time and time again my loyalty. I spent time with, you know, a lot of time with all the time with Mark Hughes and the people who know me. You know, know I'm a, a loyal person, and I'm not the type that go <laughs> stabbing managers in the back just to promote myself. That that, that doesn't come into my my way of thinking, anyway. And uh, listen, I think the owners and, and the people around him have, have said, you know, said as much since. So I take it on the chin with a wry smile. If you like, when people say, you know, I sacked and employee myself because you know I wouldn't have done that. But it just went on from there. Then obviously, you know, I was given that opportunity, and um, it was. I, I look back and I think, you know, it, it was strange because I was allowed to bring in an assistant, which I did with Eddie Nisveski, But at the same time, it was the ream. It was well again you go with this season and we, we'll review it at the end of the season. And, and that's what I did.
0: Well, I remember at the time, quite frankly, being quite sceptical about the move, but you ultimately proved us wrong. Well,
1: can I ask you a question? Can I ask you, why, why were you sceptical? Well, it's
0: as simple as we thought we you were
1: appointing okay. yourself. Even even when, even when I was saying and the club was saying that wasn't true.
0: Well, I think it's one of those things where as a podcast, we assumes that well, there's no smoke without fire. So we just assumed the reports were true, even though obviously now we know that's not the case. But going back to you as a manager, um, you had a great first couple of months, got the club mid-table, which is where you eventually finished. As a manager, how did you manage to th- turn things around, even though um, when you were appointed, it looked like you were going down?
1: Well, I, I felt that they had, they'd certainly had a squatting with and of the reason why I accepted this position, because they had a squad of players who were in a false position, in my opinion. You know, they, they had, I think it's too easy to say they had a massively talented squad, but they certainly had a squad of players that should have been a lot higher in the league than they were. And yeah, I think, I suppose, like every other coach, manager, you have your own opinions on how you would do things. You know, I, I dare say, even now, as a, as a coach of, of 20 years in the Premier League, any, any coach could go and watch, you could go and watch, let's say, Pep Guardiola coaching. And you would stand there and think, well, mm, yeah, well, I wouldn't do that. And I I might change that. And it's because everybody's got their own opinions, how they would do things. So, you know, even though I'm helping Jose and, and, well, i helping him as a sport director. I very, very rarely watch training, if you like, because I was always busy doing something else. But even so, Jose, I've said to you, I thought he was a good coach, but everybody has their own things. how they think, well, okay. Now you feel like I'm in charge, what would I do differently? You put more demands in them or whatever you do and, and uh so yeah, so so it was I always felt confident that that you know, I took over when they were twenty-third in the league bottom but one and always felt confident we would get away from that, you know. And to to just to go back from what you said then, Ryan, you know, you, you said said and rightly so, you said, Oh, we started well and well, I look at it as being probably up until the last and the nine games after we started back, after the, the break, the COVID break, that was, that was the real disappointment for me. I think we won two of those nine games. Two three, perhaps, I'm not sure. But I look back now and I think, well, you know, the best, club, the best striker in the club, probably probably the best, if not one of the best, well, so, you know, I, I think he's the best in the league, is Lucas Schuao. And I had, you know, in, in the 35 games that I was the manager there, I had Lucas Schuao for four games. And, and we won all four of those games. So you know the other time you're shuffling players around, and and that, that's a key thing. I think any any you know I mean you look at the lad Tony at, at, at Brentford, you know, the, 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 and, and Pookie at and Norwich. Every one of the teams that are really going for promotion have got a key striker who is scoring 20 goals a season for them, and it's always the case like that, you know. And and I didn't have a lot. Of, I had George Puskas, who was who was again a young striker. He was trying, but. He was never going to be able to produce regularly for me the amount of goals that we needed to to keep pushing up the league. But, you know, I think if you'd allow me, if you like to to maybe um maybe pat myself on the back one once here is the fact that you know, a lot of the stats were coming out, and after I think it was something like after about I think it was about 30 games of the season that I'd been in charge for. If, if you'd have sort of started the season from when I took over to where we were then I think we were fourth or fifth in the league you know so so in terms of the the, the run of form it wasn't just the first few games that we started well we had a consistency right through we lost the last three games of the season which I, I dare say if we'd have won if we'd have got two wins at the last three games we'd have probably finished top ten but,
0: I tell you what, there's nothing I love more than a classic football shirt. I've got loads of them. A Juventus shirt, Marseille shirt, even an Antalya Sport shirt. One of the reasons I've got so many is because I can get them for a great price from classicfootballshirts.co.uk. They've got shirts for teams from all over the globe, and that, of course, includes championship clubs. So if you wanted a classic Wednesday shirt, Reading shirt or Barnsley shirt, whoever you support, they'll have something for your club. It's not just shirts either, they've also got track suits, baseball caps, socks, so much stuff. Have a look for yourself. Go to ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk right now. We well, mentioned there the season was stopped because of obviously the coronavirus pandemic in March. Uh, on the show, we spent numerous months talking about the financial impact it was going to have on teams, and we kept being told during lockdown that some clubs, quite frankly, won't survive. Uh, for Reading, were you worried at any point about how the club would look after the pandemic?
1: I think there's always a worry there, but. We all, you know, I did a lot of talking at the time with with Nigel Howe, who's, who's a who's a good chief executive. He's he's actually stepped aside from it at the moment, but um, we, all, we we're always comfortable enough in terms of the owner. You know, he put a lot of money in. He wasn't going to walk away f- for any reason anyway, and he had big money to subsidize things, let's let's say. You know, and the the worry at the time would be for clubs who didn't have that, you know, a lot down lower down the leagues or even in the championship. You got if you got an owner who's passionate but he hasn't got money to maybe keep backing it and backing it and backing it, there was always a worry that, you know, certain clubs may or may, may have gone bust even. But I always felt the red and we we had we knew we had the backing of, of Mr Dye, the owner, so there was you felt a little bit more secure.
0: The only reason I ask is because I remember seeing some figures uh, not too long ago, around the time you were a sporting director, and you'll have to correct me if they're true or not, which was saying something along the lines of Reading were spending four times on wages than they were making in income. Uh, was that correct?
1: No, they had, yeah, yeah. They, they had a, a huge wage bill. Uh, when I first went in there, it, you know, saying. I, Lord to point fingers appeal, but obviously the, the the years running the three or four years running before that, you know, they'd given they'd given contracts to players that, that were far, far out reached if you like, what those let's say, let's what those players were producing. I mean, you can't be giving huge contracts to eight, nine, ten players and then and then the club being fourth from bottom of, of the championship. You know, there's something wrong there somewhere. And because a lot of those players were on sort of four year contracts, it was it was a huge bill that the club were having to to finance week in week out which which didn't end itself in you know, if we came to the, the the last day of last season that you know a lot of, don't get me wrong those players with good pros and and good luck from getting the contracts they had but you know it came to the last game of last season and I basically had to tell I think it was nine, ten players that the club you know we tried to sort of keep them sort of uh, let's say Involved thinking, well you know? Well, there's a chance next year we can do this, so we can do that. But literally, had to tell him after the last game of the season that no, there was nothing here for you, you know, because the club has got to try then and cut its cloth accordingly. I mean, I brought in before before I actually left the club, I brought in one, one player, which was Josh Laurent from from uh, Shrewsbury on a free transfer. Yeah, Reading eventually finished mid-table.
0: A very good season, ultimately, considering how things were when you yeah. took sort of charge.
1: <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, and it, it I, I was a bit, well, I was, no doubt, worry, like any manager, like, we're, we're, I was a bit upset with the way it sort of finished there because, you know, I knew and we knew the players, my staff now, we knew that, you know, that we'd done a good job and we're looking forward then to going forward this year, you know, with, with that squad of players maybe adding one or two to it. And, <clears throat> like I said, you don't know when if you keep key key men in your team fit and well, then you've got a real chance of, of doing something this year. So, um yeah, I think we you know we went into the the end of the season break thinking well okay looking forward to this year and 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 feeling that we could really do something.
0: Just before we get on to your departure uh, from the club I just wanted to quickly ask you about a couple of players who yeah. um when the season ended their futures yeah. at the club were in doubt I, I suppose. Uh, the yeah. first one Danny Loader Highly rated youngster didn't play too much last season for Reading and eventually left so he could go to Porto. Uh, what happened
1: there? But well, Danny, Danny's a talented player, no doubt about it. <clears throat> I noticed, you know, he's gone to Porto and he's, he's he's in the B team at Porto. hasn't really been involved with the, with the first team there, which I didn't really expect different to that. But he's a talented player. He's a good professional. Technically, technically, he's good. He's got things to learn, of course. But he again, at the time of the club, if you think there was. Lucas Joao, George Puskas, Sam Baldock, um, you know, and, and Danny couldn't force his way into, into the squad on the back of that. Um, an offer was put to Danny and his, his, his representatives, which they sort of sat on for a while. And then we got the impression that, well, OK, he's sitting on it and his eyes are looking elsewhere. Um, and that's basically the way it turned out. I, I don't think it was a situation where the club couldn't give him what he wanted. And because he was a free, <clears throat> going to be a free agent. If he went certainly, if he went abroad, then um, I think his decision was always probably in the back of his mind to pursue those those channels, you know. And uh, you know, good luck to him. I don't think in any any young player, with all due respect to Reading, if you know, uh, if in the background, unbeknownst to us, he's got a club like you know Sporting Lisbon or whatever it is, saying, well, you know, Porto. I'm not sure which one of the two is it, Sporting Lisbon. Is isn't it? It's Porto. Uh, Porto. Sorry. If it's a club like that in the background, then then it's going to turn his head anyway. So, I think it was. We talked to him. We left on good terms. And certainly, he did with Danny in terms of every day he'd come in as a good pro and work hard in the training run, But wished him luck and and on he went with his career. Yeah, and the other one has only come up fairly recently is
0: uh, Liam Moore, the captain. He says he was told by you in the summer that he could leave the club.
1: Mm-hmm. W- was that your decision? Um, no. Again, along the the, lines, the the financial lines of the club as well. Uh, I don't know what actually happens in terms of the politics with with the football league, and because that that was, you know, I know people. The chief exec was in negotiations with them in terms of, you know, how the financial fair play would affect the club. But there were players that were put to me to say, well, look, we we basically need, you know, in no other other words for it. We need this this player and that player to to leave. And if there's an offer on the table for this player, you know, if it's reasonable, he's got to go. You know, so don't, don't if you like, pin your hopes on, on these these players being here because we're hoping that other clubs will come in and we'll be able to pass them on to get them off the wage bill. So with that in mind, again, speaking to the owners and thinking, well, OK, he's got to go and this one's got to go and we may have interest from this one or that one. I'd spoke to Liam uh, and... and Got a great relationship with him. He was captain clap captain, but I pulled him in and said, listen, because he Liam's one of those, because he, he is the captain, he's a thinker about the game, he, he wants to know. We feel like he'd come in and talk to me and, and ask about, well, you know, what are we likely to be doing Gafferum season and, and what about this? Where do you think we're going? And you know, who's coming in to the club and are we gonna have a chance to push for promotion? He'd he'd come up with questions like most often than not, like any any skipper would do. So I thought it was only fair to him. I said to him, "Listen, you know, at the time uh, I'm going to be changing the captaincy of the club," and he was a little bit surprised. Uh, I said, "Because, because I don't think you're going to be here, Liam. You know, this we know there's clubs, two or three clubs who are could be interested in you, in taking you. So I don't really see you being here." And he, at the time, he sort of he was disappointed because he loves being the captain of the club, but but I think he understood as well. Well, I appreciate you being so honest. Uh,
0: Let's Mm -hmm. talk about your departure because two weeks before the championship season started, Velko Panovic was appointed manager. How did that appointment come around and what was your reaction to it?
1: It came around. I I was, again, I'm busy, if you like, uh, looking ahead to to the the new season ahead. And I was, it came to me that they they sort of said, well, um, we'd like, or the owner would like you to revert back to sport director. So I was surprised. Asked the question, obviously why? You know, is, was there any reflection on the season? Because you know, I knew, I knew we'd done well and was looking forward to. And also let them know, say, look, I'm not really happy with doing that again. I've been 20 years as a coach on the on the training ground. That's where my skill sets lie. That's the, basically, you know, I've had 500 odd games in the Premier League as a, as a coach. I, I want to be on the training ground with the players. So. It was put to me to say well look the owner again uh, is looking to change things the structure of the club around and he would like you to go back to being a sport director to to run the football side of the club and he he it was actually put to me he feels it it'll be a, it's I don't almost like I don't know what you're upset about because the owner feels it's a promotion for you and I was like, yeah, OK, I can understand why you would think it's a promotion in terms of, yeah, I'm the manager, now I'm going to be running all the football side of the club, but I don't really want to do that. You know, this is where I'm happiest. Um, got a little bit of grey areas, it, but in, in effect, what I will say, Ryan, is I took, took time, maybe a couple of weeks, where I thought, well, OK, I'll, if he's basically telling me I've got to do that, then I've either got a choice, I walk away, or I accept it and get on with it. So you know, I had a lot of thought, talked to my family a lot, and over the next couple of weeks, I just thought, well, no, this isn't really going to work. You know, I didn't because really, I didn't enjoy it. But by that, by that time, um, Poundo had come into the club. We uh, we we'd taken I taken the the, the the team over to uh, Portugal for a training camp. Uh, he he met us there at the hotel. And I'd almost say, well, OK, yeah, OK, I'll do this. And, and welcomed him and uh, spent a few days at the training camp there. But it, all the way, it didn't really sit right with me and I, my heart wasn't in it. So, you know, if, in fairness to the club, I, you know, if your heart's not in it, i are not prepared to just sit there and, and take the wage, you know. So it's a very difficult decision, but I decided to to walk away from the club. So what's your relationship with Pounovich like now? Oh very good very good. I actually spoke to I live in central London and and, and Pono lives actually I think he's renting a place not far from me. I bumped him in the other morning walking the dog, you know, and uh, wished him well and that and no, no no problem at all. No problem at all. Listen, I'm I'm a as well, I'm a big boy. You know, I've been in football a long, long time. and you know, as I said with Jose Gomez's situation, I know the way football works and, and owners Owners these days, they put money into the club. You know, whether you agree with them or not, they're entitled to make decisions. Um, You know, so you move on.
0: Fair enough. Well, obviously, they're doing quite well this season, challenging for the playoffs. Did you expect them to do this well?
1: Yeah, certainly, yeah. As I said earlier on, I thought the players that they've got, I mean, they've got, you know, I looked like say young Michael Alissi as well, who's a very talented player and certainly can play at a higher level. You know, I knew... you know, Josh Laurent bringing him into the club and thinking he can sit in there with Andy Rinnemorter. To me, that gives you the probably the best defensive midfield setup in that league. And Lucas Shaw, who had big problems with his hamstrings last year, I think. I thought if you can keep him on the training ground, keep him fit and well, then he's going to score the goals for you as well. You know, and you've got the likes of Michael Morrison in there as well. I mean, Omar Richards, I think he's on the verge. If he hasn't done it already, of signing possibly for 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 Bayern Munich. You know, so. They've got good young players in 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 the squad as well. You know, young Tom Holmes, who's come in and done well. You know, I sent him out last year to Belgium to um, to the owners of the club. He went and played out there. Knew he would come back in this year and be a, a strong young player for the squad. So it's it's got a healthy look to it. The squad now, you know, and, and I fully expect them to. I still think they'll they'll have or they should have more than enough to stay in in, in one of the playoff places.
0: Yeah, just kind of wanted to round things up by asking you about a few current running players, just to get your thoughts on them, what they like to work with, how they've done this season. Lucas Shaw was one of them, but we've spoken about him quite a lot here. Omar Richards,
1: again, I'd say Omar is a young young fullback um, who last year I, I used him not intermittently. I tended to sort of uh, mix him and, and, and Jordan or beat it up. You know, he'd come in for a couple of games, Jordan, and because he had knee problems, so then he would go out and Omar'd come in and actually said to him at the back of last season, well, you know, don't get too disappointed if you're in and out of the team because you'll be the first choice left back next year. And he's come in and he's done very well. And I think, again, I'm not sure 100% of the, the contract situation with him, but I think he's out of contract soon enough. So I, I, I know there was a lot of interest from Bayern Munich. Have you been surprised that he's been linked with Bayern Munich? Um, yes and no. Yes, I think because everybody sort of thinks, wow, you know, Bayern Munich taking a player from, from the Championship, you know, I know, obviously, um, the lad Billingham went, went from uh, Birmingham to, to Dortmund. I know, I know that. and they're, they're actively looking in the Championship for young players. But, yeah, it still comes as a slight surprise. In terms of his ability, um, yes and no. And the best way to answer that is, he's, at this stage, he, he wouldn't be ready for Bayern Munich. But, you know, he's a young player. He's got the attributes. I, I looked at him and thought he's, he's a little bit like a young Ashley Cole, that type of player. Obviously he's got a, a long, long way to go to Emily, Ashley Cole, but he's that type of player. So it, it's how he himself develops and how he pushes himself, I suppose, and how he settles if he does go to Germany.
0: Next up, Josh Lauren.
1: Josh Lauren is somebody that I tried to bring in basically the midway through the season when I was there. You know, I'd watched him for, for Shrewsbury, the standout game he had. They played they played Liverpool in the FA Cup and he was I think he was given man of the match by the Pundits. I saw then against the Liverpool side. You know his attributes, you know, top class, play, uh, top class person. You know I know he's going to train hard and work hard his game. He's had a, a sort of difficult time coming through to get to Reading, but he's 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 just, he's, he's going to be a real um, solid player for them. Yeah, John Swift. John Swift um, again a problems. Issue with his hamstring. Got enormous ability. I think um, not doing him a disservice for the back end of last season. There was a lot of A lot of asking and pressure put on him by myself more than anything because, you know, we had Ovi Ajaria who was in and out the side injury-wise. We'd lost uh, Lucas Shua, we knew he wasn't going to be fit. So really our our game changer, our match winner was John Swift. You know, and time and again we were asking him to to go and win games for us and dictate play for us. I had no doubt in my mind that John at the time um let's let's say maybe it had his head turned. I think he knew that the clubs are out there. Alas Sheffield United tried to take him to the Premier League. So whether he was really, really giving giving everything he had, or whether he was being a bit careful with himself, because he'd had a couple of injury problems as well, I don't know. But I don't think his form was brilliant at the back end last season because he is a really talented player. And speaking of really talented players, Michael Alisa. Yeah, Michael's uh, a, a lot of time for Michael. He's, he's a young young talent. That, that yes, in, in terms of his his personality, he's got to got to perhaps mature a little bit in terms of realizing what's asked of him. I spoke to Michael and said, "Look, it, the only thing from my point of view was stopping him going to the next level up was in terms of his his stats and what he produced." As, you know, I said to him that everybody, all the big clubs will look at him and think, "Yeah, he's a talented player." But after doing that, they then tend to think, look at how many goals he scores, how many he creates, you know. So I said, if you can add those sort of stats to you to, to your to your game in terms of well, yeah, you know, this is what I put goal wise These are the numbers I, I assist with, which I think he's starting to do this year. I think he's got a lot of assists this year. I said that will take you to where you want to go, instead of just being a, a, a nice nice player that clubs look at and think, well, he's a talent. But the next question they ask is, can he do this? Can he do that? But he, he's a he's a special young player.
0: How special is he? How good do you reckon he can be?
1: Well, it's, he can, he's certainly a Premier League player in the waiting. You know, he's, 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 he has to understand at times that he can be, you know, in his selection of play, he can be a little bit wasteful at times. He knows that, but he's a young player, and you always have to encourage him to, you know, don't if you do things like that, don't worry about it too much. You know, because the last thing you want is a young player like that losing his confidence to try something different to to be able to see it, see a different picture than other players can see.
0: And just finally mark what are you up to now
1: up to now it's just like a lot of managers coaches out of work it's sitting and waiting for the right opportunities i've had two or three chances to go, to go back in I must say not in this country in 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 places further afield and okay, okay may, maybe in the future or do it at the moment I'm looking to to get back in in this country if I can um still feel like a lot loads to offer you know a huge amount of experience but and it's just waiting for the right opportunities to to get into Ryan. What we talking management, coaching, boardroom. Um, I, th- I think, as I after what happened at Reading, uh, certainly coaching and management. You know, that, that's that's the key thing for me. Management over coaching. Um, I don't know. Again, I know it's an overused phrase, and I, and I when I listen to other people saying mm-hmm. it, you think, "Oh, here he goes again." But it does generally depend on on the club and the project. You know, what, what comes up if you know if it's. If it's something that's brought you and you think, well, actually, that, you know, that, if uh, that excites me, then, yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't rule anything out, anything out of this stage.
0: Brilliant, Mark. Thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Pleasure, Ryan. You take care. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. Thank you for listening wherever you are. I've been Ryan Dilks and we'll be back again soon.